You know, what can we do differently as an organization? How can we truly be the employer of choice? Um, and so having those conversations and hearing it firsthand, um, I think it's so important to get up and out of an office. Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. <laughs> Glad to have you here <laughs> at SSR On Air. Thank you, and, Mike. Uh, so today we are uh, talking with Susan Osterberg, who's our chief operating officer at SSR. And um, we're going to start off easy and talk a little bit about uh, history and yeah. how you ended up here at SSR and a little bit about maybe where you came from. Yeah, very different from most of the people that obviously we all work closely with. And um, I spent 20-some years in hospitality here mm -hmm. locally um, and uh, found my way about two blocks from here. That's right. And... Um, Really got honestly tired of being in a very large public company um, that really lost sight of balancing the business and the people. And mm -hmm. so I knew I wanted something small and private and uh, happened to meet some people at a event in the city and found my way to Rob Barrick and uh, really hit it out with him from day one and kind of went from there and interviewed and been here almost yeah. 11 years. Yeah, he's probably one of our best recruiters. Absolutely. <laughs> Over many, yeah. many years. Instant connection. Yeah. yeah, Instant connection. Well, that's great. That's great. So since you've been here, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit about what, what you've been doing in, in the last 10 years and yeah. your path to, to the COO role. Yeah, so I really came in, um, you know, one of the things that Rob asked of me when I first got here was, we really need someone to work on succession planning. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I first got here, that was a r real focus and certainly, you know, working directly with Rob on that. Um, and we talked a lot about how did we make sure he could feel great about his legacy when he walked out mm -hmm. the door. So it's kind of ironic that now 10, 11 years later, he's really getting ready to walk out the door and obviously will be sorely missed. Yeah. Um, but just you know, that was a focus. So really on the people side, the HR side, um, over time, uh, you know, assumed some responsibilities for other support areas, um, IT, marketing. Um, and now, just as you took on a new role in, mm -hmm. you know, the spring of last year, um, moving into the, the, the COO role um, in April last year. Yeah. So okay. it's definitely been a progression. That's good. So um, as part of taking over that role, what, mm -hmm. what, what, uh, what were your biggest fears, I guess, rolling into oh, it? And, wow. I don't yeah. know if I can list all of them, yeah. right? Um, probably my biggest fear, and I think, Mike, you and I even even talked about it. I come from a very non-traditional background mm -hmm. for this industry and in comparison. And so it was, yeah. would I be accepted, mm -hmm. you know, um, to be completely transparent? Sure. And, you know, would I be accepted? Would I be able to make an impact um, you know, would I be able to accomplish what I think we needed to accomplish? And, um, and I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, we are definitely a, a technical company, you know, and what mm -hmm. we provide for people. 
provide for our clients. But on the other hand, it is all about people. Yeah. It's all about hiring the best people. It's all about you know having the right path for them, giving them the skills, um, and you know being able to really meet our clients' needs. Um, and certainly, you have to have the technical as a base, but um, but it's much more than that. So I think I think that is a, a huge part of what you bring to the to the table is that that different way of thinking, and also um, that that non technical background that you have. So, but with that, at the same time, you you've got to relate to all these engineers. Absolutely. So so part of part of what you've been doing is is trying to to bridge those gaps. Absolutely. And so maybe talk a little bit about some yeah. of the activities that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I thought long and hard as you and I entered into these new roles and thought, okay, how can I gain some traction quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a couple things that really came to the forefront. And one of them was, you know, this idea of doing shadow visits, mm -hmm. you know, with our people. And so I really had three particular objectives around that. And um, one was certainly to go spend time with our clients because we're, yeah. of course, we're nothing without our clients, right? Um, and so hearing and seeing them firsthand and being able to ask each of them the same question, every client I've met with, I've asked the same question, how can we partner with you better, mm. you know, to help you achieve what you want? And not just, hey, how are we doing for you? You know, it's, you know asking the right questions is, a, is an art, um, and so asking all of them those same questions. And so just the learning from that and the focus on the client. Um, and then the second part was certainly selecting colleagues in our company um, to spend time with them. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy is personally being able to ask people, what are your aspirations? You know, what gets you excited? What do you want to accomplish at SSR? And I think one of the things that sometimes we assume that a high performer wants to soar through the company, you know, and we have a lot of great people that might want to do the job they're doing as well as they can. And that's the extent of it, which mm -hmm. is completely perfectly acceptable, right? Yeah, sure. But there are other people that really have, you know, a lot of goals and I want to understand those. And so selecting people in our company that, you know, have a lot of high potential, which there are many, mm -hmm. but you know, selecting from that group of people and, and frankly, re-recruiting them, letting them know they're important to us mm -hmm. um, and they are our future. And so having the opportunity to just spend quality time, I mean, whether, I mean, you know, driving with a colleague for hours in the car to go from one client to another, right. that's invaluable. Um, and so having that time with them and, and really understanding what they want as a person and what's important to them but it's also asking them what gets in their way. Mm -hmm. You know, what can we do differently as an organization? How can we truly be the employer of choice? Um, and so having those conversations and hearing it firsthand, um, I think it's so important to get up and out of an office. Um, and then the third one, the third reason I, I did it was um, really selfish. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to understand. and you know, the breadth and depth of what we do as an organization is is incredible. Um, we have so many services we provide in so many different markets. And, and so really the goal I had was to outline all those different markets, all those different services, and over time, spend time with key colleagues in each of those areas. And um, 
you know, there was a time I thought, okay, I'll get through that list and kind of check the box, right? Right. And I think after maybe the first visit or the second visit, I said, I'm, and I've told you this, mm-hmm. I'm doing this forever. Right. This is not going to stop. No, this just keeps filling back in. It, it, <laughs> it just keeps going because I just don't think you can ever learn enough. Um, and I don't think we can stay connected enough. Um, and you and I have talked about, you know, we need more people at all levels, you know, doing some of this and staying connected, especially yeah. to the client and our colleagues. So so apply that, yeah. your, your experiences to the COO role and, yeah. and how you see that affecting the way you, you dial in. Because the operations... I mean, maybe even describe that. What what do you see the COO role being, and then how do you apply those things that you've learned along the way? Yeah. So one of the things that I've tried to, um, you know, Im- impress upon people is that we have to have these habits and routines, and as we do them, we'll increase the you know accountability and performance we have. So one of the things that we started doing was uh, monthly performance reviews, and that sounds very stringent or it sounds very, you know, okay, or it's kind of hard ball, right? But it, it's really just a dedicated time on a monthly basis that we have set aside to say, here's this service line or here's this business unit. And we went down a layer. We didn't, I didn't do these with the program directors. I did them with the program directors and the next level of leadership because that's where the heart of our company is coming from, right? And so, and, and it was to talk about what is their performance like? What are the hurdles? What things could we celebrate? Should we celebrate? Um, and, you know, what's their path going forward? And I think this is going to become even more important as we go through this organization structure change because we need everybody to raise up and have the ability to make decisions and then, frankly, be held accountable for them. Mm-hmm. But that's how people grow, right? Yeah. You're going to make some mistakes, which is fine. I say it often. You. Yeah. You know, we can let people have to go down to urgent care and get a few stitches. We just can't let them get an ICU, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think I think it's about discipline and habits and routines, and we need to raise that up. And you know, if there's anything people have heard me say more often than not, is the power of and. And and certainly, I don't mean for that to sound like a broken record, but I do think that's the path for us to be really successful really expect high performance from our people and be this compassionate organization that thinks about the culture we're creating and that we're individuals, we're people before we're employees. I believe that to my core. I've said it for years and years and years. Um, And I don't think you can have both. I don't think you can have one without the other. Hmm. I mean, you've got to have a compassionate culture for the long term if you're going to have sure. high performance. Absolutely. And if you're going to have high performance, you better have a compassionate culture mm-hmm. because it, it's not about just driving a number. Um, it's about engaging people and their part in it and them knowing how they really make a difference as an owner in this company. So what do you, what do you see uh, the evolution? We talked a little bit about the organizational change. Yeah. So over the next six months or a year of of change that's going to go on, what do you what do you see that evolution looking like? Yeah. So I mean, we're really on the cusp of you know a lot of those changes happening. You know, as as we speak, and you know, um, I think the greatest opportunity we have. I think it's it's twofold. It's one is having individual service lines and um, you know the 
the I'll say the micro business units. That's probably not the, the what I how I'd want them described, but you know, taking each of those service lines and raising them up. So again, what we talked about is giving them more autonomy. They still have to work within the framework of our organization. They still have to fall within what we're trying to accomplish culturally and from a business perspective. But giving them more autonomy to really accelerate and grow their business, you know, and, um, and, and so creating that, which I think we are in this vertical business unit. So bringing building solutions together with commissioning and, you know, there's so many misunderstandings out there about what that, you know, really is, which you have to, people are going to fill in the blanks, right? So we've got to, over the next weeks, make sure people understand what those changes are. But I think the beauty of it is having that independence as an individual service line, but then also having connections to all of the other things that we do as an organization and the other service lines. So I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank I appreciate, you, Mike. appreciate the time. It was a great conversation. And looking forward to 2022 with you. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Mm-hmm.